You do a lot of talking, bro. You do a lot of talking. All that screaming. Well, you better hope you can play as long as me. Hey, when you get on your knees and say your prayers tonight, pray. What happened between you and Tlaib on the field early in the game? I don't know. You go ask him because he didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. Ice up. <laughs> Live. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. I know you're going to dig this. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. The doctor is now in. Yeah, boy! Hour number two coming your way here on this Wednesday edition. You miss any part of the show, you know where to go. Go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Appreciate old Apollonies joining us last hour. Always good stuff with that. You can catch that interview up a little bit later on. And uh, this hour, Sam Gordon will join us from the Las Vegas Review Journal. And uh, right now, we take it to the sports book. Our good friend Chuck Esposito out at Red Rock. Chuck, what's going on, my man? All good, T. Just uh, enjoying some uh, conference basketball and getting ready for the show on Sunday and uh, the big dance next week. It is, man. You can hardly wait. We've got uh, the unveiling of the brackets. Uh, Selection Sunday is definitely here. And uh, let's talk a little bit about that, Chuck. I mean, what is that like from the sports book side, uh, behind the counter? Your office is there as uh, the unveiling process is uh, going on. The, the atmosphere is, is crazy, T. I mean, from our side, it is so much fun. Um, you know, once we get um, all the information on the brackets, we'll start putting all of our numbers together. Um, we'll have these games up um, tomorrow night, or excuse me, Sunday night. Um, and then it's, you know, the guests are going to let us know really quickly if the numbers are too high or too low. I know you and I have talked about it in the past. There's so much more parity now that you've got some of these big schools where kids are one and done and some of these smaller schools where kids have played together for, you know, two, three, four years. And with the transfer portal, you've got kids with, you know, who go to some of these programs that can really help. And you're not seeing those gigantic numbers that you used to see on those first two days. You're still going to see some, but not nearly what you saw, say, 10 years ago. So from a competitive standpoint, uh, a lot tighter lines, a lot closer games, and so much information out there now shows like this there's so much out there that you're really hearing from people that kind of follow it um you know teams that are that are live especially some of these dogs and these uh, David against Goliath matchups just make the tournament so much fun so chuck we've talked about before about you know once the uh, like the AFC and NFC championship games conclude and then now it's start to to you know get ready and make the right number for the Super Bowl and then because you know you got two weeks you got plenty of time really to get your props and stuff together is this kind of a similar situation with the NCAA basketball tournament because you're putting up numbers quickly on all of these games I mean what now we're talking about what, thir- you know 32 games or so uh, and then you know you, you got to do futures or adjust those futures it, is it similar to kind of the end of uh, you know uh, the the football season where this is like, or is it a little bit different? Um, it, I guess you'd say it's, it's a little similar and a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I think it's similar because you are trying to put um, all this stuff up. I mean, the futures will have been up, T, so it's just kind of a, a quick adjustment with uh, with some of those. Um, you know, we'll get the the regions all up and and the, and the early games up. Uh, and then we start thinking about props, putting up some of the other tournaments as well, and getting that up. I think the big difference is that with Super Bowl, you've got kind of two weeks. 
So, you know, we, we have an opportunity once we know who's playing in the game, the game's up, to kind of sit down for a couple of days, start putting together some of our thoughts, kind of mapping out what the what the strategy and structure is going to be um, for, you know, Propatopia. You know, which ones can we think outside the box? What are kind of the normal um, type props? Um, and really start, you know, brainstorming, getting that stuff up, knowing that there's not a sense of urgency. I think with the tournament, it's the exact opposite. Um, once everything gets announced, you want to get it up so quickly because by Thursday, I mean, they're starting to play. I mean, uh, too, I, 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 you know, I don't mean to forget talking about it, but it's our, our last man standing contest. Uh, guaranteed $50,000 payday, aggregate payout um, this year. And, you know, once I think the brackets are announced, you can sign up today, but I think once the, the brackets are announced, there's such a, a big push in the next four days for everyone to kind of sign up and, and have fun with the tournament. Great format. $25 gets you one entry fee, 100 gets you four, and the bonus fifth entry free. And it's the same format as the tournament, which is so cool. You win and you move on. You lose and you go home. So if you haven't signed up, get signed up now or you, you can't, as soon as they announce the, the brackets, we'll be, uh, we'll be ready to get everyone signed up. But, uh, uh, I think a little bit different is that there's just a, a little bit more of a sense of urgency when it comes to the college basketball tournament and getting everything up as quickly as we can. Yeah. And as far as the last man standing contest goes, that takes me back to basically, you know, a few days before the opener of the NFL season, because, you know, including myself, okay, we're scrambling to get to the book and get signed up and that sort of thing. And like you said, there's that window of basically, you know, three days to get over there, get signed up, uh, look at the lines, look at w which team you're going to go with and that sort of thing. So that does get a little, little chaotic for both sides of the counter when you're, when you're talking about that. But again, it's, it's something that we look forward to each and every year. And, uh, it is a blast. Like you said, I think the key T is that it's, it's a small investment. It's, you know, uh, $25 again gets you one entry fee and a, a hundred gets you four and that fifth one free. And you have an opportunity, um, for a really nice payday, uh, with that said. Um, I think the tournament as a whole too, again, it's, it's so exciting. The David against Goliath matchups, uh, the atmosphere in the book with the early start times, um, here in, in Vegas and games that'll then it'll go to nine or 10 o'clock. It's just a, a crazy atmosphere where the crowd just gets kind of bigger um, throughout the course of the day and even gets louder. And in some of these matchups, when you have a, a small school, um, we saw with St. Pete's a few years ago, when some of these small schools are really competing and playing well with the big boys, um, just the atmosphere is, is crazy fun. Um, Super Bowl is a great day, and it's exciting and great. But the tournament overall, from start to finish, it's, if you haven't experienced it out here, um, I think you have to be in one of the books to really appreciate the atmosphere, the hype, the buzz, the wagering options, and, you know, get signed up for SCN Sports, too, because with all the different times and everything else on the board, it really does bring the sports book to you. And I know a lot of people ask this question, you know, Chuck, about the contest, uh, specifically the last man standing. Is, is that something that you, you have to come in person and make those selections? Uh, I know that's a very popular question. So for our listeners, kind of explain that to them. And are, are we at a point where, you know, that can be done via the mobile app or, or will be eventually? 
it, it definitely will eventually, T. Right now, the guests still have to come in. Um, but with that said, we've expanded hours where we will be opening earlier in the day and staying up, staying open later uh, to give our guests an opportunity to come in and, and get those uh, games filled out. And they're not locked in to playing the earliest game or the latest game. You know, they that could be their strategy or, or anything in between. But we uh, definitely will be extending hours both on the opening and closing side of it to give our guests an opportunity to get here and turn their picks in. Chuck Esposito joins us at Red Rock. Uh, does a fantastic job with all the station casino properties from the race and sports side. You mentioned the futures bets that, you know, the, the futures lines are, are pretty much kind of locked in. But as we know, Chuck, people really start paying attention once the bracket is unveiled because we know that the NCAA tournament winner, when you're forecasting and doing your brackets, you know, you're, you're looking at matchups. That's really what it's all about. How much uh, of the action or what's the percentage of action that you will take on future bets once the bracket is announced in comparison to say, you know, the action that you took the the last three months? Well, I think, you know, it will have been more T over the last several months, just because there was so many more teams left and so much uncertainty um, that was going on. I think like anything else, the, the guests are looking for value, looking to position themselves so that they have a number of teams. So schools that you thought, you know, were maybe a surprise before the season started are no longer that. And when you get to the tournament and you've got these teams that are number one and number two seeds, um, you're not getting some of those prices that you may have gotten earlier. Now, granted, if you can find some, you know, some value, if there's a, a team like, you know, Creighton or somebody that uh, is starting to play well, Missouri, you know, later in the year, and you see some value there, um, that's an opportunity. But I think you see a lot more of it um, early in the season when people are kind of taking that shot, looking at teams that, that seem to be better and looking for that value opposed to, you'll still get wagers late, but you're just not getting that same price because with each passing round, of course, um, the number of teams could swindle down. I'm just wondering if uh, there is that team out there. Like you mentioned St. Pete's earlier. And that's a great example, Chuck, because nobody saw the Peacocks doing what they did. And I'm just wondering, have you gotten you know any action? Anybody think that they may know something? And for some of these, you know, smaller conferences, like hey, we got some money rolling in on on you know whoever here, you know, Maryland, Baltimore County, or whoever it is. We we definitely see that. T, you know as once you know that a team is in and, you know, you're going to see some, you know, astronomical odds on some of those long shots. But, you know, I always look for kind of those teams that are playing well and, and kind of streaking and kind of have that swagger and getting healthy at the right time. And, you know, I looked at a team like Creighton, who I really liked, you know, toward the end of last season, knowing that, you know, one of their top players was out for the year, that they had a really good recruiting cast class coming in and a lot of returning starters and I didn't think they had played all that well this year but of late have started to play a little bit better and you're getting a, a better price and and I think you look for things like that I mean I love the David against Goliath matchups I think it's made you know the tournament so much fun and and so exciting and again the the atmosphere in the book the crowd the sounds that echo from this department are just crazy fun um, you have just as many people, you know, that I see that normally come in for Super Bowl that come in for the tournament because it's such a great time of year. And I think it's the entire package. It's, you know, phenomenal food and beverage offerings, great rooms. Uh, the weather looks like it's going to be nicer. You might have, you know, a lot of the pools that are going to be open. Um, but I think, you know, the, the sports books, you just can't match 
Uh, we do such a great job as an industry of just presenting a, a fun atmosphere where you really feel like you're you're at the 50 uh, at midcourt where when you've got four games kind of going on simultaneously um, that I think you can hear in my voice that it's one of the most fun times of year for our side of the counter, and I know it is for the other side of the counter as well. I don't know if your voice raises more for this March Madness or the NFL draft. I mean, that's, I that's one in one eight. That. As soon as you started, <laughs> I knew what you were going to say. That's a couple of injuries right draft, there. It's just me personally. I'm just a draft, Nick. Yeah. And, you know, I love the event that we do here. And we're, we're looking to do another event. We'll be getting all that information out about get drafted at Red Rock and having some fun. But uh, the tournament as a whole is just so exciting. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, I, I can't say enough about, you know, being in the industry for – for 30 years and, and just seeing the fun and excitement and, and the crowd and the way that it's grown. Um, it's one of my favorite times of year. Are you trying to say, I know you a little bit, Chuck, is that what you're trying to say? Just a bit. Dude. Just a bit. <laughs> I love it. Hey, let me ask you a question here. Which conferences, and look, we're going to, we're going to put this into, into two categories here. Which conference tournaments are you looking forward to the most? And we're going to ask you the local ones, the ones that, you know, the WCC just concluded. But as you know, we got the Pac-12 at T-Mobile. we got the Mountain West uh, over at Thomas & Mac and the Big West over at the Dollar Loan Center. Which conference do you really got your eye on? You know, th- there's a couple that I've really been looking at. I-, I think when you look at the SEC tournament and as well as Alabama, you know, is played and where they're ranked and you look at, you know, Tennessee that got a lot of hype in the offseason. Um, Kentucky, who's kind of had Tennessee's number, um, is playing well and is up there. Um, I'm also looking at uh, um, the, the Big 12 Conference, T. I think you can make a case for all four of those top teams, Kansas, Texas, Baylor, TCU. I really like, you know, Baylor a lot there. Um, those, are the, those are the two that really kind of jump off the page to me more than anything else right now. Um, but that's what makes the tournament so magical. You never know what's going to happen, and that's where the excitement lies. So I'm looking forward to watching these, and I'd be remiss if I didn't comp- you know, talk about the, the women's tournament, too, and, and having the, the Lady Rebels with an opportunity to win their tournament um, tonight. Uh, I think they're ranked 21st in the country right now, and you know, if they win that tournament, just seeing you know, where they're seated and where they, where they ultimately get to play. But uh, they've been on a phenomenal roll. Uh, of late, and we've seen a, a huge uptick um, in, in handle on the women's games as well. Lady Rebels against Wyoming tonight for the championship and the right to go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Chuck, what is that line on, on the Rebels in Wyoming tonight? I believe it's, it's hovering right around eight or so, T. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And we know that uh, the Lady Rebels, man, they've had a couple close calls, especially that last game, you know, in the semifinal. Uh, but they got there, and Wyoming is the number two seed. The Rebels the number one seed, and we know in before Lindy Larat got there that the Rebels would be favored in a lot of these games, and they they would not win these games. But you know, since Lindy's been there, they've done pretty well, and uh, I think a lot of fans are expecting the Rebels to get this uh, win tonight. But uh, you know, the, even though they've won over twenty in a row, Chuck, it's never easy, especially these championship games, because, hey, they got a target on their shoulders right now. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, T. I think she's done an awesome job there, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that they just had a really close game that they won. I think sometimes that you want to be tested a little bit. I think in, in, in all sports, when you see teams kind of walk through things and they don't have that 
that tough game that they had to really dig down deep and pull from and play well, that it hurts them. So uh, having that, that tough test in their last game where they only won uh, by a few points, I think that really helps them a little bit. I think there is some pressure on them because they are the number one seed in this you know, tournament's one versus two. Um, but, but, I, but I do think that they're going to come out of this on top and really look to see what they do uh, you know, in the tournament, how, how many games they can win and how far they can advance because they really have been on some roll. Um, it's, it's been fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I know we talked about it with the success of the Aces and how popular WNBA came, became. And, you know, the women's games now have really, you know, kind of hit the board as well. And, and the Lady Rebels have really helped springboard that from the, from the betting side of it uh, for, for our guests, too. You mentioned the Big 12 and the SEC as far as uh, tournaments that, that you kind of, you know, personally are looking very closely at. For me, Chuck, I love the Big East. I've loved the Big East, even, you know, before the realignment and even afterwards, it's taken some time to get used to. You mentioned that Creighton team and you think, ah, they're in the Big East, you know, but it slowly but surely has kind of grown. And I just think there are several teams in there that could do some damage in the NCAA tournament. You mentioned Creighton. I'll mention Marquette. Uh, those two teams are downright phenomenal and you never know a team like, you know, Seton Hall or Providence, uh, could get on a run as well, too, even though Providence kind of taking a little step back at the uh, last few games, but uh, that's always exciting. And then the fact that, you know, you're talking to Madison Square Garden. Oh, I mean, see, the, I mean, I only touched on a couple of conference tournaments. I mean, we could have spent, you know, two hours <laughs> talking about each one of them and kind of diving yeah. into it and going through it. Um, that's what makes it fun. Um, but uh, And that's what makes the tournament so much fun is that I'm sure the committee kind of has, you know, some understanding now, but it's, it's when you get a school that maybe was on the bubble ends up winning it, or maybe was on the outside, you know, first four out, um, and ends up winning their conference tournament, which kind of changes everything. And I think the conference tournaments, you know, kind of starting tomorrow and then through the weekend, I mean, you can make a case that it's great basketball, that it is as much fun as what we see the following week, because it means so much to some of these schools to see if they have an opportunity to actually make it to the big dance. Yeah. Chuck Esposito joins us uh, over at uh, Red Rock. All right, so keeping here in town, uh, we got the Pac-12 and we got the Mountain West, like we mentioned, the Big West as well, too. Uh, all intriguing tournaments. It does seem that the Pac-12 is definitely top-heavy this year with UCLA, then Arizona, but uh, then after that, you know, Chuck, and I don't know if we're going to see any upsets because the third, you know, place team is USC, but they're really, you know, not that intriguing this year. I think it's going to come down to UCLA and Arizona again, but UCLA has beaten Arizona twice. And it, it, if you look at the standings, it looks rather strange seeing Arizona in the second seed in this tournament with a 14 and six conference record. I mean, I don't think anybody you know, thinks of Arizona being a six-loss team in conference because they really uh, are dominant and can be dominant. Yeah, I mean, you're right, T, and I think when when you have a tough conference and you see where, you know, there isn't a, a whole lot of difference from top to bottom, you see that sometimes, where you see a team or a school with, you know, more losses than you would think. And, and I agree with you. I, I, if you didn't know it, you'd say Arizona's record is much better than that conference-wide. But I think, again, that's what makes the tournament so much fun and so interesting to watch and what really captivates everybody when you've got some of these matchups and some of these smaller schools that are going to have a chance to maybe make some noise. I mean, Arizona overall still is 25-6. and 
So, I mean, they still have the, the second most wins um, in the Pac-12, I think, after UCLA at around 27. So they still have a phenomenal record. They just, you know, their losses came in conference play, and those schools know each other more you know, more and more every year. They, they know each other so well. It's rivalries, and sometimes that happens. But uh, I'm not overly concerned with Arizona's record. I still think they're, you know, a really good school and one of the top teams in the tournament. And that's exactly why I, I, I really like Arizona and UCLA going into the tournament, Chuck, is because I think, you know, you're going to get to that unfamiliarity uh, with, you know, other teams about Arizona. And I think Arizona uh, is, is going to be a, a very dangerous out once they get to the big dance. Yep, I couldn't agree more with you, T. I mean, I think there's there's several schools like that that, you know, we can really break down. And once we know, you know, uh, everything that's going on and, and everything that uh, the show on Sunday, when we talk early next week, it's going to be fun talking about some of these kind of sleeper schools that based on matchups and regions and where we think they're at can make a little bit noise, more noise than what people think. And, and again, I think you're going to see a lot tighter and closer numbers um, than you than you've seen. I think every year that that gap closes more and more, uh, which makes the tournament so much fun. All right, the Mountain West here uh, again. You got San Diego State, Boise State, Utah State. All three of these teams uh, really kind of inseparable when you think about it, Chuck. And then you, know, you got Nevada number four, but they really didn't close the regular season strong, losing to Wyoming and then losing to UNLV last weekend as well. So they're kind of limping in a little bit. Uh, give me some thoughts as you. Look at the Mountain West. Yeah, I think when you, when you look at, you know, Boise and Utah, but you kind of hit it, um, you know, on the head that you look at the records of all the teams, um, very, very close. Um, not, you know, uh, one team that's just been overly dominant. And I think even you look at uh, some of the spreads early, I know San Diego State's a, a relatively bigger spread against Colorado State. Um, Nevada, not much against uh, San Jose State. Still waiting to see who Boise and Utah State play. But I think overall, from top to bottom, um, the mountain is really kind of tight. And um, see, you know, if there's an upset or two in there, still kind of, I know Nevada kind of limped in, but still like the way they play a little bit. But uh, we'll see what happens over the next few days, T. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, he is Chuck Esposito over at uh, Red Rock. A fantastic job that uh, Chuck does over there and the entire staff, not only at Red Rock, but all of the other station casino properties and a great place to watch the games. And just think about it, Sunday, we've got Selection Sunday. That is is ready to roll. And then when we get into the madness, uh, starting you know for the bulk of it with the opening rounds on, on Thursday and Friday, that'll be fantastic. And then, Chuck, you know, all the tournaments that we have here, the five uh, conference tournaments we have, that's, as I like to say, just an appetizer because for the very first time, we've got the West Regional Final here, a.k.a. The, you know, the Sweet 16 down to the Elite Eight at T-Mobile Arena on May the 23rd and 25th. Uh, it's about time. It's great. But, man, if we think that these conference tournaments are something special, wait till that weekend. Oh, T, I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, we saw what, um, you know, the, the, the Pac-12 football game out here when USC and, and Utah and, and what some of these UFC fights and what the NASCAR race and the Raiders and the Aces and the Knights draw. Um, having a, a West Regional out here like that, it's going to be crazy. And the five tournaments that we've had out here, you definitely see an uptick in handle across the board. So um, I love the fact that we're a sports mecca now, and, and every year it gets bigger and bigger with what we add. 
you know, of course, we've got Formula One come up in November as well. Um, again, I, I can't stress enough. Get signed up for SCN Sports. It brings the sports book to you. Still up to that $500 bonus going on. And, and don't forget about Last Man Standing, an opportunity to win $50,000. You got that right. A great contest. And again, get the STN mobile app and sign up for Last Man Standing. $25 uh, for uh, an entry. And then you uh, spend 100 bucks, you get that, that bonus one. Right, Chuck? Absolutely, T. It's yeah. always nice to have that extra one going on. And again, it's just like the tourney. You win, excuse me, and you move on. You lose and you go home, but it's better to have five shots, of course, than one. Survive in advance, as they say, right? Survive in advance, buddy. There it is. All right, brother, we'll let you go. We appreciate the time, as always. Look forward to talking with you next week. All right, T. Thanks, buddy. You got it. There he is, Chuck Esposito, our guy. Fantastic guy. Uh, does a great job, uh, again, at uh, Station Casinos. Uh, spent a lot of time over at Sunset. He's been over at Red Rock the last couple uh, years, the hub for the Station Casino properties. Yeah, get signed up for the mobile app. Easy to use, the STN mobile app. And uh, the last man standing, always a fun contest. And, and be careful of what you do there because I know a lot of – Guys will, and I've been guilty of this myself. When you do the last man standing, you're going to say, Oh, this game's a lock. I'm going to put that game on all five entries. They go bye bye. Well, thanks for the donation. You're done. So there is strategy involved in that no different than like than the survivor seer, uh, survivor that you have to do, uh, during, during football. But yeah, last man standing is, it, it's fun because again, you're thinking like, Hey, all I got to do is, you know, you know, pick, pick a winner here. It's kind of a crap crapshoot at is. this point, you know. It is. You don't have to have much skill or NBA or uh, NCAA college basketball knowledge like like me. The lack of it. The lag there. Have and we, I, and throwing I, darts. And I bet I could do better than you. Yeah. <laughs> You're great. Listen. Why don't you put up a hundred dollars for me and you, and we'll figure this out. Is that what, is that what I should do? Yeah. Oh, okay. It'll be an experiment. Yeah. The TC Martin Show experiment. Yeah, really? Okay. Uh, hey, let's get a sponsor for that. Let's just say though. Uh, remember back in the day, I actually beat you at uh, college football pickem so you did um, in, in our best bet segment just you, saying you did you didn't just, just beat me you, you beat others as well too i beat everybody there it is i won all right maybe we'll have to get you back you defend your championship from back in the day <laughs> the crowd going crazy there they are you know chuck brought up the formula one you brought up the formula one yesterday and i don't get it you know, I've never been a race car fan, whether, you know, maybe when I was a kid, I, you know, the Indy 500, I, it, was, it was very cool, but never been into the NASCAR or the Formula One. I'm just, people are going nuts about this, but from a betting perspective, is that going to get much handle betting? Because for the most part, people don't know who these drivers are. Maybe internationally, some betting on that. But yeah. wait, so, so you actually went to the Indianapolis 500? No, I never went. I uh, said, you know, I, I used to get up early morning. Okay, on, so on have you ever have you that. ever been to any sort of uh, professional motorsports at all? I have not. See, I have that's not. that's the problem. Yeah. It's like golf. It's like baseball. It's like some of these other sports yeah. where if you haven't done it, if you didn't play it, if you haven't attended a real life thing, mm-hmm. then you don't get it. And and you know, golf for a lot of people is the same way. Yeah. Uh, so you know. You really have to go to an event to really experience it, and then you get it. Do you wear headphones or earplugs when you go to a 
auto racing event. You know, I've never been to a, an Indy Formula One style. Yeah. I'm sure they're pretty loud when they're all together. You've been to the Speedway here, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Actually, I, yeah. I've covered it for media. Right. Um, I met the CEO and owner of Allegiant uh, Airlines because his son was actually racing in the truck car series okay. uh, NASCAR. So, uh, you know, I've been to a couple uh, NCAA, or NCAA um, NHRA, yeah. the Top Fuel, the Funny Car. Those are pushing like 7,000, 8,000 horsepower. Mm-hmm. You literally feel it through your whole entire that's core. exactly what i heard i mean it shakes yeah. every single yeah. ounce of you it, there's nothing way there's no other way to explain it you have to it's, experience it you're a car geek and, though, and anyway it, you're a well car geek. i am i am but at yeah. the same time this is something that i've been exposed to all the many years back my uh friend's father used to bring us to the sprint cup races back in san jose you know the guys that get sideways on yeah. the dirt track and everything yeah. like that so uh, you know, I've always just, a, me personally, I've always liked Supercross back in the day, Jeremy McGrath and all those big names and everything like that. Uh, John Force, the funny car. So yes, uh, I've always liked it, but again, it's one of those things that you really, you need to appreciate it by experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so people are really fired up about the Formula One that's going to come in November here. And, uh, the trans- I would be too, if we the, could afford it, the, the transformation that's going to go, you know, with the strip and then and Bellagio, uh, all that oh, uh, there, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. That's one thing I don't look forward to is yeah. we already have the construction on the 15 from the Tropicana and all the other nonsense. All yeah. these people moving here. Yeah. <laughs> I know that really irks you, doesn't it? Uh, Go back home. Yeah, like a guy like you who moved here from NorCal. Hey, 23 years ago. At least I can say I've been here a, a mo- more than half my life. Oh, I, your grandfather didn't know. More, more, hey, if you yeah. if you live here in Vegas for more than half your life, I think you know that you, that could say something. It does, but you know you still are rooting for the Sharks and all these you know San Jose states of the world and these ham and egg not, teams. Yeah. 49ers. You know. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to root for the Raiders. If, if, I will root for VGK, of course. Yeah. Uh, until they play the the Sharks, yeah. and then it's then my loyalty yeah. is back to. Yeah. You, we've had this conversation. You're a back Sharks in the guy. Day. You still we, got the we, Sharks shirt, courtesy of me. Yes, I do. The, the jersey. Go there, look yeah, up that, the YouTube uh, video. Go look up the YouTube video. Drive him there. Nick Nice on skates. Unbelievable in goal. What's the title told, of that thing anyway? I. What was that title? It's. It was. Uh, Hockey shootout, something. Yeah, 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 ho- yeah. It was like our, our TC hockey. Martin hockey shootout. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Let me, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna YouTube it right now. Yeah, so there you go. It. Look it up. You see Nick Nice in goal. There you go. I mean, uh, Robin Leonard could only wish to be Nick Nice <laughs> on skates. I'll say. Hey, you, you were pretty surprised how good I was. I was, and but who did I bet on? Uh, I bet on you. Oh, yeah, well, of absolutely. Course. You better. You, I was your producer. That's it. You're my guy. That's it. All right. Uh, we come back. Sam Gordon will join us. We'll give you an update. UNLV Air Force going down to the final horn at the Thomas and Mack Center. Hi, this is Lonnie Jordan from the band War, and you are listening to the T.C. Martin Show. That's the beat. <laughs> Don't forget to join us Friday at the Westgate Las Vegas. So, yes, it is the Superbook. Big Bill Cartwright in the house on Friday. Come on out. See the show live. Marco D'Angelo, one of our handicapper extraordinaires, of course. And then uh, Jay Cornegay, the vice president of sports book operations. As we get ready for our Friday show and then next week, Thursday and Friday, the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, we'll be broadcasting live both days. Looking forward to that. And then Hoop Central. That is the Westgate's version of it all happening there at uh, the Westgate Las Vegas inside the International Theater. The 4K video wall. Um, all the games there. The betting stations. 
and a whole lot more inside the food, the beverage, uh, fantastic atmospheres. Come on out, check it all out at Hoop Central. You can get your tickets, only 40 bucks, at Ticketmaster.com. And uh, just phenomenal atmosphere inside the International Theater there at the Westgate Las Vegas. All right. We love March Madness. Uh, as you know, years past uh, when we were at the Cosmopolitan, uh, Hoops and Hops, uh, fantastic. Um, now over at the Westgate and uh, believe that we're going to have just as much fun uh, over there at uh, Hoop Central as well, too. So uh, we'll be broadcasting live on that Thursday and Friday next week while the games are going on. So it'll be wild. It'll be crazy. It'll be a blast. So come on. Uh, and you can even make your reservations in the sports book there as well, too, if you like, uh, to get to one of the couches. But as we know, one of the most comfortable settings in all of Las Vegas is the world-famous Superbook uh, at the Westgate uh, Las Vegas. All right. So, uh, NCAA uh, tournament uh, action, you know, that, uh, you know, like we talked about with Chuck Esposito, as we have the selection Sunday coming your way, uh, this Sunday. So we'll get the brackets, uh, involved with all that stuff. And, uh, you know, the conference tournaments right now are, are happening. So UNLV in Air Force opening round action today at the Thomas and Mack Center. We talked about this being a low-scoring game. It is. It's not over yet, even though they've played 40 minutes of basketball. Overtime! Rebels and Air Force, 57 all. UNLV was down one with eight seconds to go, shooting free throws, made one, missed one. And uh, so now we've got extra basketball coming your way with Air Force and UNLV. And uh, our guy who covers the Rebels, covers just about everything, fine columnist, as we know, is Sam Gordon. He's been checking all of this out uh, with uh, the Rebels in the opening round, the 7-10 scene matchup. Sam Gordon. Sam, what's going on, my man? TC, how you doing? Happy, uh, happy to be back on the program. A great <laughs> Time of year here in Las Vegas and in sports in general. Great time of year. Man, I, so I saw you from a distance uh, sitting uh, behind the basket in your little media perch. Uh, the semifinal game's on Monday, and I know that you were probably there last night as well for Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Uh, we've talked about this before, Sam. We love the conference tournaments, uh, and it all tips off with the WCC, what they do there. Uh, the crowd that Gonzaga brings, uh, phenomenal. And, man, they were in full throat last night as they just buried St. Mary's. This game was not even close. I don't know about you, Sam, but I really felt that St. Mary's, you know, was going to keep this game close, maybe even get a chance to win this game after seeing the way the season went down for both of these squads, especially considering that they split during the regular season, two very entertaining close games, and especially the way that, uh, you know, St. Mary's, you know, played in the semifinal uh, against BYU where they held them off. Uh, and Gonzaga struggled a little bit with San Francisco, but man, throw that out the window. The Zags destroyed the Gales last night. Uh, 100% TC, and it really felt like a statement kind of win by the Zags, right? Now, now, they, they, I think some dude reaction. They weren't super happy. It was, this was business. This was a business trip. This was a trip to remind the West Coast Conference and the country at large that, yeah, maybe it's been an up and down season for Gonzaga. Maybe they don't have, a top three or top five NBA draft pick like they did the last couple of years with Chet Holmgren and, and Jalen Suggs. But this is still a veteran, experienced team, one of the best offenses in the country. A senior, Drew Timmy, who's as good as any big man in the country. Julian Strother, the Las Vegas native, who's emerged as one of the best wings in the country, has been a stabilizing force out there on the perimeter, averaging 15 a game. Wrote about him uh, for Tuesday's Review Journal. So 
Uh, it was a professional workmanlike effort. They, they came here. They took care of business. Uh, I thought, like you said, San Francisco uh, gave them a tough game. Maybe, you know, the layoff a little bit, a little anti the Zags. I thought they jumped out to a good start, but, but had issues protecting that lead a little bit in the middle of the game. But it was a professional way they closed that game, uh, the semis on Monday, and they carried that over into Tuesday's uh, championship. It was, a, it was an excellent performance. And uh, I think the, the Zags have as good a chance as anybody uh, at, at this time of year. It was a statement win against a very, very, very good St. Mary's team. Let's not forget, like you mentioned, D.C., how good they've been throughout the course of the season. Randy Bennett's group, methodical, precise, skilled. We know what they do. Uh, and they just didn't look like they belonged on the floor with the Zags. So it was, all, it was strictly business uh, for the Bulldogs. And Bracketology projects them to be in the West uh, Regional, which means they could be back at T-Mobile Arena uh, for the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. So it was a statement performance uh, reminding everybody that the Zags maybe not quite as loaded as they have been in the last couple of years, but still a player on the national level. Sam, you mentioned your uh, column on Julian Strother, a fantastic job that appeared Tuesday's Las Vegas Review Journal. And again, another local kid. And I love the way you, you hit the, the local aspect with a lot of these kids, no matter what the sport is. Uh, and Strother is, is a phenomenal player. What'd you learn about him? I mean, you know, playing at Liberty High School, coming through here, Vegas, and then being recruited by the Zags. He was recruited by a lot of other schools as well. But d- tell us what you learned about him. Well, he 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 went into Gonzaga. Him and his family had a plan, right? You, and when you go to Gonzaga, they have a proven track record. You know, well before Julian Strother got there, of you know developing players and competing at a high level. And it's a situation where, hey, maybe you go sit for a year, like Julian Strother did his freshman year, where he barely played on the team that ventured all the way to the national championship game. Uh, but but he, he they, look, they trusted the process. I know that's kind of a cliche in sports these days, but they really did trust the process. I mean, he told me that this is kind of what he envisioned, going there, developing, taking his time, kind of graduating through the program where he's a, a complimentary player on a very good Gonzaga team last year. And now as a, as a junior, uh, try, you know, trusting in his coaching staff there, kind of getting all the feedback he can at the NBA level and learning what he has to do to, to apply himself and, 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 and bolster his, his, his resume as a prospect um, coming into the season, I mean, he's executed at every, you know, at every kind of at every role that he's been in. And this year, they've asked him to score more. Well, he's averaging 15 a game, and that a figure that ticked up to 17 in league play. He's more efficient uh, as a scorer, and uh, really grown. TC and seeing him this week, and just kind of throughout the season, he's really grown on the defensive end. I thought he worked hard defensively. Really tough matchup uh, on Monday night. Khalil Shabazz, the quick guard. Uh, from San Francisco, we spent a lot of time on him, kind of chasing him around the floor. He's in top condition. Uh, the jump shot looks quick. It looks compact. Uh, shot better than 40% from, from deep this year. And, and he applied the feedback he got from scouts and executives at the next level that, you know, he needed to do a little bit more while still being efficient, still being precise, still being refined. And quite frankly, played the best basketball of his career. So, you know, he, he's, he's not a kid anymore, right? I think we all kind of remember him. You know, as the freshman at Liberty, you know, with his sister playing at, at UNLV at that time as, as the young, talented kid, uh, you know, that, that had all this potential. Well, he's, he's, he's put the work in. Uh, he had a plan in place when he went to Gonzaga and he's executed and fulfilled a lot of that potential. So, uh, I definitely expect him to, to get drafted, uh, this summer as an NBA draft pick. He's six seven. He shoots the three ball at a high clip and he, and he's shown, uh, that, that he can take feedback and coaching and improve. So 
uh, everything you kind of wanted to see that from, from him kind of going into Gonzaga and he's executed the vision that he's had and is a key player on one of the best teams in the country. Right, Sam Gordon joins us, Las Vegas Review Journal. Sam, I know, keep a close eye on UNLV. Uh, not where they want to be on a Wednesday afternoon, uh, playing a game, uh, you know, as a number seven seed against a 10th seed Air Force team, uh, overtime game, you know, today. What have you noticed uh, about the Rebels, not just in this game, but just down the stretch here? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of the same issues we've seen throughout the course of the league play have manifested themselves, um, you know, here today at times, TC, right? You don't have a lot of shot creation outside of EJ Harkless, and, and other teams can, if they if they want to, they can kind of dictate the tempo and dictate the way that the Rebels play. I mean, Air Force, from a talent perspective, you know, on paper, UNLV has a much better roster, and Air Force came in with a game plan. They slowed the game down, and not that UNLV is a fast-paced team with their personnel, but anyways, but they really... I slowed things down and made it an ugly game and mucked it up and 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 the rep you know they're kind of been hanging in uh, with the rebels by 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 beating them at their own game per se. Now UNLV of course leads by three at this point. There's still still a few minutes left to play, but um, just just not you know not the season that they wanted to have. Like you said, this is not the position that they wanted to be in, competing with you know going into overtime with an Air Force team that was below 500. Uh, in, in overall in this, this year, and obviously below 500 in league play. And if they do get by, now you're going to have to wonder how much you know how much juice they have uh, with, with a lot of minutes to your starters and a lot of minutes to keep players playing so many games in so many days. So uh, we'll see how things kind of wrap up here. But but after the the non conference start, you know, largely against a lot of tomato cans, right? TC, uh, they they haven't been able to carry that over to the Mountain West. I'm not saying anything that that anybody doesn't already know, but we've seen, I guess, some of the issues. That, that, that they've had throughout the course of league play. They've manifested today. They still might, might get it done, uh, with, with their experience and with some key defensive stops down the stretch. I mean, I think it's a credit. You know, I think some pride kicked in, uh, at the end of regulation. You had a, a few stops, a few consecutive stops and great execution. And EJ Hart was getting to the free throw line, but it's a, it's been a, it's been a, an up and down year for the Rebels. A lot of downs in, in league play and Mountain West play. And lo and behold, they're in the situation that they're in, kind of needing to fend off a pesky Air Force team that that looked like they were a little bit more prepared to play. I mean, so goes E.J. Harkless, so goes the Rebels, it seems like. And again, you know, Harkless, uh, a one-man show today, no other uh, Rebel in double figures. And and Harkless, uh, what, you know, at least 24 points the last time I saw. It's just, yeah, it's a, it, it's a little bit crazy. And then on the flip side, you look at the Lady Rebels, what Lindy LaRock has done. I know you're a big fan of, of hers and what the Lady Rebels are doing. They're playing for the championship championship tonight against uh, a Wyoming team and do you kind of get the feeling a little bit Sam that that UNLV is seems to be trending in the direction of maybe a UConn or a Notre Dame or you know programs like that where they're more famous for the the women's programs more than the recent success of the men's program right now because right now I mean you're looking at a team that's won 20 games in a row they go undefeated in the Mountain West Conference and um you know we'd love to see them you know get a decent seed and we'd love to see them you know win a game or two or go a ways in the in the big dance but it just seems you know, this season, we're talking more about the Lady Rebels than we are the men's side. Uh, no, we absolutely have been, TC, and rightfully so. And Lindy LaRock, uh, I think, has done as as good of a job as anybody uh, in the country this year. And not just this year, TC has started right when, when she got the yep. job and establishing a culture, you know, building cohesion, building chemistry, and recruiting players uh, that fit the style that she wants to play, and then adjusting when, when you have players 
with different skill sets that can also contribute. So this was a team last year that, that won the Mountain West Championship, that won the Mountain West Tournament, and that gave Arizona, uh, TC, uh, an Arizona team that returned a lot of the the players and an experienced group that from the 2021 run that the the Wildcats made in the national championship, you would help me play them tough. And I think that kind of whole experience of last year really sealed this group. We, you know, we knew that Desiree Young, Essence Booker, Justice, Justice Etheridge were all coming back. Uh, Alyssa Durago, Durazo Frescas, you know, just uh, Kiara Jackson, the list goes on and on. So many players that, that contributed on last year's team coming back. And, and you see the experience, how it's played out throughout the course of the season. The, the Rebels can win, and the Lady Rebels can win any kind of game. And, and last night, they had to kind of put all that experience together in a game where they didn't play well and figure out how to hold off a team down the stretch and how to execute when, when, and how to win when you don't have your best stuff. And I, I really thought last night's victory uh, was kind of a microcosm of, of, of the last year and a half. It's like, hey, this group has just kind of figures out a way. They've, there's nothing they haven't seen, uh, both in the conference level and then on a national level, playing, playing Arizona so well. Uh, and tough for, for, for much of the game last year in, in, in the NCAA tournament. They're experienced. Uh, they play together. There's chemistry. There's cohesion. Uh, they, they execute. It's crisp. And, 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 and even when it's not, you know, they can rely on their experience to win games like they did yesterday. So she's done an absolutely remarkable job. It's been, it's been, you know, you've seen, I think the city rally around them a little bit and, 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 you know, gonna, gonna, gonna see what, what, how they show up. Um, tonight in a really, really big game. I think if you're the Lady Rebels, you have to be feeling confident with the way you were able to execute and hold off last night when you didn't have your best stuff. And, you know, we saw what it looked like against a, a, a Reno team, you know, in the quarterfinals. Granted, tonight is going to be a lot tougher than then, but we saw what it looks like when they're filing, fi- firing on all cylinders, when, when shots are falling, when the ball was moving, when Desiree Young, who should have been the Mountain West player of the year, uh, who averaged 18 and 10 this year on 60% shooting and was all defensive team, yet somehow not defensive player or not Mountain West player of the year. When she's doing her thing down low, and it's, they're, they're really, really hard to stop. So, uh, regardless of what happens tonight, this to me is, 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 a, is a no doubt about it NCAA tournament, uh, team. Even if they were to falter, they've, they represented, represented the Mountain West on a national level. They have, you know, one of the longest winning streaks, uh, in, in the country and, and have really, uh, built a, a strong program in Lindy LaRock's two-plus years here, right? Not even three full years. Uh, she's completely transformed that program and turned it around. So uh, it could be another coronation tonight. I mean, back to I mean, back-to-back Mountain West championships, regular season and conference would be a heck of an accomplishment. But but as they showed yesterday, they're not perfect. There is some vulnerability there. I do expect them to play much better, and we'll see what that looks like against the Wyoming team uh, that knocked off Colorado State. The best part, Sam, I think, is that. The UNLV is doing this with local kids, local high school uh, athletes as well, too. And th- we rarely see that, you know, anymore. I mean, we definitely don't see it on the men's side where you get the, the top athletes, uh, top basketball players to stay home. But Lindy LaRock has been able to do that. Even her predecessor, uh, Kathy Oliver, before that, for the most part, we've seen that. And I think that really resonates with this community. It's like, hey, these are our high school girls. They're doing this at the collegiate level, and they're a top 21 team. No, no question, TC. And, and you know, you talk about Essence Booker, Spring Valley High School, Justice Etheridge, the powerhouse over there at Centennial, uh, and then Desiree Young at Desert Oasis, all in the starting lineup. I mean, the, the, the three best players on the team and all, you know, key contributors and faces of the program these last few years, uh, along with Lindy LaRock. So yeah, I, I definitely think there's an appeal there, uh, being that the, 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 the production on the court is being driven 
uh, by local players. And look, we'll see what, what happens uh, this ensuing offseason. I know there's going to be interest from the Power Five um, programs that in Lindy LaRock, why wouldn't there be? She should be on top of everybody's list. I mean, other programs with vacancies, um, if they're doing their due diligence, would be wise to give her a call. But I don't. I also don't think it's with it with with outside the realm of of possibility that you know UNLV becomes a destination place to play. Right? Like these programs all have to start somewhere. I granted, look, they're still in the Mountain West and still a mid major conference, but. You know, a program can't be an elite program until it becomes elite, right? I know, I, and I know you get what I'm saying. And so far, with with the resources she's had at UNLV and the opportunity that she's had to build out her program, they've they've maximized everything that they've had. So uh, I think there's still um, as good as they've been. There, there's upside here. There's upside here, and 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 we'll see again how things go um, tonight. But this is a team that I think in the national tournament can give. Uh, depending on how they're seated and what the matchup looks like, they they, they can definitely are more than capable with their experience uh, of winning a game, and and then we'll see what happens beyond that. So a lot of things um, have to go the right way, but but you're 100 percent right. Local talent um, kind of driving the way, and, and the Lady Rebels are becoming a a local attraction, and rightfully so as they play uh, Wyoming tonight in Mount West Championship at at Thomas and Mack Center. All right, Sam, where are you spending your weekend? Like I say, going to be over T-Mobile a little bit. Going to be the Thomas and Mack going back and forth. What's the deal, yo? Yeah, I'm gonna be back and forth, TC. Well, you know, it looks like um, the Rebel Men. I uh, have, have have established a little bit of separation, playing a, a good overtime period. So uh, if they hang on, I'll be out there tomorrow checking them out, and then I'll, of course I'll be out at the Pac-12 uh, this weekend too. Uh, the, the, you know, going to get a look at a, a really good UCLA team, a really good Arizona team. So a lot of moving parts. Vegas, uh, one, one of the metropolises and the epicenters of college basketball this particular week, and then. You know, we're only a couple weeks away from from a regional final here. And, uh, you know, the the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, who would have imagined that, you know, 30 years ago and, and kind of a precursor and a predecessor to the Final Four. So it, it'll be super interesting uh, to kind of see how everything shakes out. But, yeah, I'll be a little, a little bit of Mountain West uh, men this week after Mountain West women and then Pac-12 on Saturday for the championship game. It should be a great time. Uh, a lot of top talent in town and a, a always a fun time of year here uh, in Las Vegas, for sure. All right, check out his great work uh, in the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Sam Gordon, the columnist Sam Gordon. Uh, great stuff uh, there as well, and go online and check it all out. Uh, Sam, appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, we look forward to seeing you over the weekend. Have a good one, brother. I appreciate it, TC. Thank you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Take you, care. You got that right. Sam Gordon, one of our favorites. Uh, again, a great writer um, and really covers everything from a Las Vegas perspective, whether it's uh, the college basketball, it's UNLV, the football side, or the Raiders, or, of course, uh, the boxing that uh, we spend a lot of time ringside, Sam and I, uh, have over the the last few years. All right. Uh, tomorrow we're uh, back at it again. Scott Spritzer will join us, uh, as we start talking handicapping these conference, uh, tournaments and look forward to selection Sunday. Of course, Friday out at the Westgate, uh, Las Vegas. So look forward to all that. I want to thank Old Apollonis for joining me today. Always good talking to OP, talking about his days, uh, back at Virginia NCAA tournament that run they had when he was a freshman going to the final four. Uh, and also all the other great stuff that uh, OP has done uh, as a player and a coach. That website will be up, uh, or rather I should say that interview will be up on the website at tcmartinshow.com a little bit later on. Thanks to Sam Gordon. Thanks to Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock talking about the betting side of the tournament and these conference tournaments as well too. My man Nick Nice, appreciate you my man. 
We rock and roll again tomorrow. Yes, sir. Real rock. quick. I wanted to hear it real quick. Yeah. You know Nick Nice on the TC Martin Show. Tonight, he's Nick Not-So-Nice. He'll be in goal trying to stop the wrecking ball from crushing down the wall between the pipes. How great is that? My man, Frank. How great is that? As I called him in that episode, Icebox Frank. Uh, he didn't like that. I love that. That was so great. That was great. Nick Nice and Goal, winner. You got that right. All right, appreciate everyone for joining us. Wherever you get your podcast, go get it at tcmartinshow.com or anywhere else. Have yourself a good one. We'll reconvene tomorrow at 2.